Okay, let's do this. It's another episode of uh, WTF Uncovered, uh, which is things that uh, my producer, Brendan McDonald, found in a box underneath his bed. There's going to be a few different things. Like next week, uh, we're going to do an Uncovered, which is basically, it is an actual WTF interview that never aired due to circumstances I will explain on the show. But today's Uncovered is uh, a little bit like the last one, last Fridays. It's it's a lot like it. These are um, these are segments uh, from another unaired pilot episode for the Mark Marin Show, a radio show we did on KTLA in 2006. These were done for the GM of the radio station to to get our spot, which we already had. I think in retrospect, I think he was just making us jump through hoops because he hated the idea that uh, he would give me a show. But there was some sort of deal made that was uh, above him, and it was going to happen anyways. But these were, this is the second of two pilots that we did for the Mark Marin show. Now, on this one, you will hear again Jim Earl is my sidekick, the uh, the wonderful and cranky Jim Earl, and the guest uh, was actually Maria Bamford. Now, this is two thousand and six. This is a while ago, and uh, it's uh, earlier Maria, but still. Uh, perfectly and beautifully Maria and this was also the first time we used Eddie Pepitone who some of you may know uh, we used him as a, as an investigative reporter he did an investigative reporter segment this was radio we did segments we did funny things uh, so enjoy this enjoy this uh, WTF uncovered with uh, Jim Earl Maria Bamford and the uh, the amazing Eddie Pepitone from 2006. Live from Burbank, California, home of Eve Plum, the only Brady who likes sex, it's the Mark Marin Show. And now a man who sleeps in Grover Cleveland's bathtub, Mark Marin. Good evening, geniuses, philosopher kings and queens, working class heroes, progressive utopians with no sense of humor, lurking conservatives. I'm Mark Marin. Thank you, little Jimmy Earl, for the lovely introduction. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, I'm very excited about tonight's show. Very excited. It's been a big day out there. Here's some real news, Jim. Here's some local news. Uh, Ralph's supermarket chain has been nailed by federal prosecutors with more than 50 criminal charges, including identity fraud, money laundering, and obstruction of justice. All right, now, I don't know if you were here, but I was here. It was before I moved to New York and then came back. There was a big strike oh, yeah, where yeah. 60,000 union clerks walked off the job. I mean, I had a shop at Vaughn's. It was horrible. All right. Apparently, Ralph's illegally rehired some of those striking workers. All right. See, what happens is when there's a, a lockout... The, the 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 supermarket chain says we don't need these workers. You know we're in dispute with the union. They're out. But what Ralph's did is they paid. They illegally rehired some of those striking workers. They paid them with checks using fake names and fake social security numbers, and had the workers cash the checks at the stores. Now the Kroger company that owns Ralph's has, of course, laid the blame on the uh, the few store managers, the bad apples, the old uh, corporate uh, bad apples, just a few bad apples, uh, thus trying to avoid the corporate level responsibility. But uh, there's more to this story. 
morning with a little help uh, from our, our investigative reporter, uh, Eddie Pepitone, who's been on the scene all day at the courthouse. What can you tell us today, Eddie? Thanks, Mark. Yeah. Hey, what the hell is this? I shop at Ralph's, Vaughn's, and Albertson's. Mm-hmm. I come to find out they are owned by the same company. Hey, how about calling it one name? How about Ralph's, huh? <laughs> this way I don't get confused. Uh-huh. All right, so Ralph's, Vaughn's, and Albertson's rehired locked out workers. Right. So they lock these guys out, uh-huh. then illegally rehire them. Right. Here's an idea. Don't fire them in the first place. If you're going to lock someone out, lock them out, all right? My wife locks me right. out frequently because she says I can't feel my feelings, yeah. which I dispute because she pisses me off, all right? All right. And anyway, right. we have three entrances to the house, and when she locks me out, uh-huh. they are all inaccessible. doesn't right. matter how cold it is yeah. or if I'm feeling woozy okay. from having some beverages and I shouldn't be driving yeah. or if I'm pleading with her that I will change. Right. When yeah. she locks me out, that house is impenetrable. Okay. Okay. I don't know how she does it. I think she's getting a little inside from a locksmith. <laughs> but my keys do not work. I repeat, my keys do oh, not work. Right, so okay. why yeah. does Ralph's let people back in after locking okay. them out? Yeah. Is a major corporate supermarket conglomerate transnational corporation <laughs> more compassionate than my wife? All right, all right, yeah. Does a company with assets in the many, many millions <laughs> yeah. have more mercy than my wife? Yeah. Who, by the way, would have died if I didn't give a blood back in 88? But that's another story involving an accident with citizens. Okay, all right. So, so my wife doesn't have the concern of a Kroger's Cools off a little bit. Wow. Speaking of, of anger, I don't want to. I don't want to change the tune here too much. But uh, here's something interesting. A woman in Santa Barbara went into a, a mail processing plant where she used to work. A postal employer, employee, a postal employee in Santa Barbara uh, went in there and uh, shot uh, six coworkers. Uh, the last one dying uh, this morning. It's a sad story, but I think it's interesting when I'm reading the copy here that it says uh, this is believed to be the deadliest workplace shooting by a woman. So another great milestone has been met by uh, by a woman taking it to the next level, Jim. Taking it to the next level in the uh, in the psychotic killing rampage in post offices. It never ends. I think that's why they think it is. You can you can understand that it's sort of like cops. It's sort of like people. It's like dentists apparently have a very high uh, snapping rate. It's because every day dentists look into that mouth and see nothing but rot and there's no stopping it. All right. Every day cops go out and they try to stop crime. They know in their hearts it's never going to stop and postal workers they sit on that line and they know that there's always going to be another letter to another place and now i'm starting to turn into eddie play us out will you jim play us out turn your volume up because you're listening to mark Marin's show nothing is real and nothing to get hung about. Mark Barron show forever. Wait, wait, I got the wrong chord. Can, can we can we do this? Mark Marin show forever.
And now, back to my recently discovered biological father, Mark Marin! Right now, we've got a phone call here. Who's on the phone there? Can we take this call? Yeah, maybe if I became a bagger oh, at Ralph's, yeah. Albert's, or Kroger's, or whatever, uh-huh. you know, I could maybe get more respect for my wife, you know, uh, yeah. because I work three jobs oh, okay, and expensive in bed to a woman who can't orgasm. Oh, okay, all right. All right, Eddie, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Eddie. Thank, thank you, thank you, Eddie. Thank you. Uh, that was, of course, our investigative reporter Eddie Pepitone with the. I guess you'd call that a follow up on the uh, on the story that the Ralph supermarket chain is uh, being nailed by federal prosecutors with fifty criminal charges. Uh, thank you, Eddie. We'll check back in as uh, new stories unfold with Eddie Pepitone. I'm very excited to have uh, our, our guest here in the studio. She's uh, one of my favorite comedians. She can also be seen on the show on Comedy Central, The Comedians of Comedy. She's on the Comedians of Comedy tour that's going to be doing another leg. Our guest is Maria Bamford. Thank you for coming. Thank you very much for having me on, Mark. So, wait. you And this is Jim. You can say hi, hi Jim. to Jim. Hi, Jim. Hi, Maria. Hey. Okay. Say it again, Jim. <laughs> hi, Maria. How you doing? <laughs> Thanks for putting the mic on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesus. You were so funny the other night. We did a small club here in Los Angeles. I think it was called the uh, Small Place on Top of the Other Place. Yeah. What, what was that called? What was it I club think it's five called Room Fourteen. They do like a secret bi-monthly show, maybe. <laughs> but uh, it was great. And you did this thing that um, I'm not going to lead you to one of your bits or anything. But uh, <laughs> but uh, what was that thing? I think you were just working on it, the Hollywood self and the real self. Oh, because- oh just that once you start living in LA for a while, you start. You have this part of yourself that changes kind of into Hollywood, you know? So I was, like, talking to myself over the holidays, like, God, maybe I should do something to help other people, you know? Should I be doing more stuff? Hey. (laughs) Maria, you know, what I do is I make people laugh. (laughs) That is the greatest gift to give to others. Well, But but what if I just kind of, like, I mean, just one thing. Like, I went to, like, volunteer at a soup kitchen or something. Sounds like somebody needs a bubble bath. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's funny because I, I find that about I, I beat the hell out of myself about yeah, stuff yeah, like that yeah. and that's just exactly how you rationalize it like but wait I did do that one thing yeah, 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 a long time yeah. ago so we're now you're um, I'm, I'm glad we caught you because you're going away for eight weeks right eight weeks you're not going to come home at all well I'll go back come back for like a, a you know like a, between Philadelphia and um and Minneapolis just for one night. what do you bring with you when you go like are you do you have some weird uh, thing like uh, I don't know what exactly I'm asking for but like sometimes when I go on the road I um do you bring a little stereo with you do you have weird comfort things that make you feel like you're at home anyways oh that's a good question do you have uh, do you have um, weird habits on the road I bring I bring some like like you know how people make vision boards or whatever yeah whatever yeah um (laughs) Like I make one that's kind of like a smaller size for my calendar, yeah. and then I just look at the images that resonate with me when I'm away from home. That's very nice. And just, <laughs> so, <laughs> Jim, did you do that? What's a, what's, a, what's, a, what's a vision board? A vision board is when you uh, let's just take a set of magazines. You know, a set of some magazines, maybe some you wouldn't normally read, like uh-huh. um, uh, Forestry Today or something. Yeah. Go through there. Pick it, just cut out words and, yeah. and pictures that kind of just f- you make you feel something, whether it's happy or, or concerned or whatever. Uh-huh. Then then you glue it, take a little paste, you glue it on a piece of poster board in any way you want. Just just let it go. Crazy. That's your vision. 
<laughs> Where the hell did those come from? I've seen those before. Where did that originate, the vision board? Because you know when you go to someone you don't really know's house and you kind of look in the bedroom and there's one of those on the wall and you don't know at what point in their life they made it or what it meant to them? I, I've, I've had that happen many times. Like the, the weird intersective of someone's desk area. Like I bet you if you walked around here at Queer Channel, some of the cubicles, there's a couple vision boards somewhere in here. It's oh, gotta for be sure. A vision. Well, I think it was maybe initially like a marketing, like a salesman kind of tool to pump yourself up like you go oh uh, i'm gonna put this maserati on my refrigerator so i can right, you know right, right. get pumped to right. sell stuff but then now it's become a new age thing of like i don't have to sell anything i don't even have to work and just, this stuff just comes to me <laughs> like i put no albeit this is a, a lesser goal than a maserati but I'll tell you a little miracle mm-hmm. um i put a uh, little cutout picture of a microwave on my vision board yeah. a couple years back, <laughs> and uh, my <laughs> and I thought there's no way I could ever have a microwave. Oh well, <laughs> my sister yeah. was visiting from Minnesota, and she said she saw my vision board, and she said. Oh, Jesus Christ. That's pathetic. <laughs> and she sent me her microwave. <laughs> see that? It's magic. Wow. It's uh, see magic. How it's magic? Yeah. Uh, How's your mom? Uh, she's very good. She's she's uh, good. She's um she's concerned. she wants my boyfriend to ask me to marry him. The Australian uh, or, guy? Yeah, she just she's just listen, that guy's got a fisher cut bait. Uh, Mom, we've been dating for nine months. I think he has a little bit more time. You know, we've been enjoying getting to know each other. Uh -uh. Honey, move on. Move on. (laughs) But she She, likes him, huh? She likes likes him, but she's like, I think she just has an idea. Like my, my parents, when they got, you know, like she just cried on the phone once. And then my dad flew flew to ask her to marry. Like she just, like it was more of a... A bullying, just, she yeah, coerced him. Yeah, she coerced him <laughs> yeah. um, with emotional uh, manipulation. But yeah, I don't know why. But she seems more like, oh, marriage should happen right away. My sister got engaged within six months of uh, dating her boyfriend. Maybe she put it on a vision board. <laughs> <laughs> Your boyfriend's uh, Australian? He's Australian. That's a long-distance it, relationship. It certainly is. And uh, we have been dating for nine months as i said and uh three months i went over there so we get to know each other now he's coming here for three months where we've got to know each other and uh, i'm gonna go there for another month to work i've done a lot of work in australia because i can't get much work in the u.s because my my comedy has been farmed out to a family in mumbai uh, (laughs) who is doing it faster uh and more efficiently yeah and with a really good attitude and and with less fear yeah <laughs> They're nice people. Wait, now is that part. true? Because I think you're such a unique talent, and I and I can't imagine that you have trouble booking yourself in this country. Is uh, that really true? Well, I think it's just different because in the other countries they have festival atmospheres, which sure. is what I love. And they I also appreciate theater. unique people, R- right? Like they don't need people to just to reaffirm their stupid lives. Well, wow, there you go. What <laughs> the hell was that? Well, I think a lot of American comedy clubs, if people, you know, it's a it's a rare type of comedy audience. I think there is some of that developing now with some of the younger cats is that most audiences are sort of like they want to be like, ah, they're making me laugh at me as opposed to like, that's weird. She's weird. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, to just I mean, like, well, I was reading about Tom Lehrer, the mm-hmm. political the singer, song- yeah, singer songwriter guy. And uh, just he he had said that that one of the reasons he stopped performing in 1960 was mm-hmm. that uh, he was preaching to the choir. You know, it was like everyone who came to see him was somebody who had the same viewpoint as he did. So he didn't feel like it was as oh, valuable. Mo- and, there's nothing more contemptible than the choir. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because if you have the, the sad thing about the choir, and this has got to be true with Tom, uh, with Tom Ware, is that you'll get to a certain point where if you have any self hatred in you, they will pay. Because it's like, how can you like me? Yeah. I don't like me. You guys are idiots. That yeah, that's true. So let's talk about Australia. You're going to Australia. Okay. I've been to Australia. Yeah. But but you are popular in Australia. Well, it's among certain people. I mean, this thing is just like the U.S. It's yeah. just But they have a big festival circuit mm-hmm. where you can make very good money performing at these festivals, and you perform in theaters. You don't perform in a comedy club where people are eating stuff and and uh, you know. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Or free Dude, passes. But I was in Australia. Yeah, here's, okay. here's what happened to me. Okay. And I'm only sharing this. You've been there before, so it's oh, not yeah, going to frighten yeah, no. you. I am do, I've, I've been doing comedy about three years. I had maybe 25, 30 minutes of material. Some guy sees me in New York. He was booking a big club. I think it was called The Last Laugh in Melbourne. I don't know if it's still there anymore. Yeah, yeah. He comes to the improv in New York City and says, would you like to headline in Australia for five weeks? And I'm like, I know in my heart that I can't do the time. But when you're in that position, you're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can do it. Yeah, I'm going to come headline for five weeks in Australia. And over a series of time, I went there, and right off the right off the bat, the driving on the wrong side of the road, I started to lose my confidence. Like, oh no, we're on the. It's weird here, you know. And then and and then I, I saw the kangaroos. I'm like, wow, I'm really far away from anybody. And like, you, when you call on the phone, it's tomorrow, and it was a problem because I couldn't panic uh, with friends. So there, and and then I go to a talk show, and it's like the Letterman show, and it's not Letterman. And again, the desk is driving on the wrong side of the road. Like it's on the, you know, yeah. it's the Steve Visor show or somebody okay so i'm just it's starting to disintegrate everything's falling apart and then the first night here's the lineup it's a host who's a comic and then this burlesque act these two women with wigs and an accordion okay <laughs> then the next act's a guy who escapes from a straitjacket on stilts all right <laughs> <laughs> that's his closer all right and then they're like and now mark Marin, and i'm in australia and it's oh. ridiculous and of course they're like stilts that guy's a genius and I get up there and I just felt myself shredding, you know, inside, like, I can't do this. I don't have the time. What am I going to do? And as each night went by, we built towards the weekend. I, I, you know, people were, I was starting to come around a little bit, but it was uh, kind of weird. Yeah. And the Saturday night, the place is packed, like 400 people are in the room. They, you know, they just, you know, got done and they had an intermission after the guy on Yeah, stilts. that's another thing. Comedy shows that they have intermissions. Right? Yeah. So I go up there and right out of the gate, an American, a guy with an American accent goes, where'd you get that jacket? Like in a room full of 400 people. And literally, for some reason, you know how some nights are so bad, you don't know why, but you somehow literally leave your body and watch yourself do your act yeah. to no response. That's, it was the worst thing. All I could hear were the embers of my cigarette burning. And I was just watching myself. I'm in front of 400 people sitting there going, oh man, there's nothing I can do to help you. Because I had shut down. Yeah. And then uh, it was just awful because I got off stage and it was that weird baptism and failure where you like almost were relieved yeah. and then the guy sits me down the next day takes me out to coffee and he says this isn't working out you know maybe uh, i'll pay you for three weeks and we'll call it my mistake and you go on home and uh, and that's all you know and i'm like yes you know so you yeah, sit no, around, like, yeah, 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 god. Yeah, yeah, and i'm yeah. like really are you sure you want to because i could like no no no, no. Like, oh thank god so uh, right when that little thing happens at the coffee shop so the waiter comes up and like hey i saw you on the steve visard show you're really funny where are you guys working? And I'm like, nah, I'm going home. There's a problem. But uh, that's my little story. I was sent home from a country, but I learned my lesson. Oh. Yeah. Have a good time there. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know what's weird is because I I've been trying to do clubs in the U.S. that I yeah. do, and I I don't really do very well all the time because I'm, I'm I'm a bit odd. And then you know when people have come in just for a generic comedy show, you know we're gonna go see some comedy. Yeah. Like I'm not usually what they're thinking of. Yeah. And so which I, I can understand how that would be disappointing. It's disappointing for me to see them. And uh, uh, but I went to Australia and yeah. it was like this. It was like this weird homecoming. Yeah. Like it was because yeah. they had this yeah. festival and sure. it's a huge festival and it's like a yeah. You just I did like an hour and a, you ever watch a comedian when they just start riffing and they yeah. just go on for like an hour and a yeah. half or two hours. Like I felt like that. Like I'd never felt like that before where you could. Oh, go it's exciting! On. I'm happy for you. Yeah, it was. Unreal. They appreciate theatrics there too, and they understand they're willing to. You know, I, I see. I get angry hearing you tell me that people don't like you in comedy clubs. Oh well, I mean now now it's getting better because of having any sort of TV credits that yeah. people go. Oh, you've been on. You've been on TV. Yeah. You've been on TV. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> TV on good TV. <laughs> You know, yeah, they like you. They like it on TV. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> it's weird. That's all that seems to matter to them. You can sit there and perform for them, and you know they won't refer to your act like I saw you on the thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That thing on the on what channel was it? On the family? On the was it Discovery? <laughs> what were you on? Comedy Central. <laughs> No, but it was something. Oh my God! It's so you're here right now. You look so small. You look kind of big on TV. Look at us, that girl from TV. Which is something I've always wanted to happen. Yeah. Uh, now when it happens, guess what? Yeah. Uh, not so. Not so. Not so exciting. Do yeah. they ever? Do you hate it when they're like, "What about that other guy that you're on the thing with? Is that guy an ass?" Oh yeah, do do ask about the. Well, now uh, yeah, I, I've gotten mm. some. Le- yeah, where they'll be like. So we'll say, um, I watched your act, and then I watched Saturday Night Live, and there was a joke on it that was a lot like one of your jokes, and I just think you should know about it. <laughs> yeah, the comedy like, police. Like, you're like, what? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, basically, I probably, I mean, not, but every idea of mine has been stolen from the greater atmosphere, so, you know, in terms of... You know, we're all thinking the same thoughts, right? Am I yeah. right? Oh, absolutely. I'm right. Well, I, I always get defensive <laughs> like that because I don't know what who they're looking out for and what they're insinuating and what kind of life do they have where they're sitting there making notes. You know, like those. The, 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 I, I appreciate the comedy fanatics yeah. who are actually keeping check of that, yeah. but I cannot stand when someone insinuates. It's like I don't know if they stole it from you or maybe you stole it from them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's when you're like, you don't need to be my fan. You can yeah. go away. <laughs> I don't need that kind of pressure. Well, now they got comedy blogs where they got people going out to just shows and then blogging on it. Seven people. Oh, is it just seven? Sure. Okay. Maybe okay. 10 or 12. Oh, your blog. Yeah. Huh? Oh, come on. Oh. Now, have you been to any blog? Have you been to any blog? Yeah. But and no, how many people are there? There's like uh, seven. <laughs> 12. My mom's there in the chat room but, waiting to talk about yeah, yeah. me. My daughter is lovely. I mean, Maria <laughs> Bamford's a genius. <laughs> she sat in a chat room for a while talking she did? to people. Yeah. I thought that Can was she type cool. fast? Oh, yeah. She's a good typist. Well, yeah. Maria, I want you to be careful. Yeah, I will. I, I, I care about you. Oh, that's and, very nice. And, uh, are there, you, and there are have funnel a good... spiders out there. Oh. oh. Yeah, Only in Sydney, buddy. Spiders. Only in Sydney. Where's your man from? Check your shoes. Uh, Sydney. He is from Sydney. So wait a minute. Uh, you're right. There is a problem. What the hell's a funnel spider, Jim? Funnel spider. You kill you in five seconds. That's get all that, you get need out. To know. It's a spider that kills you in five they seconds. They live in funnels. <gasps> they live in the. They, they live in Sydney. You can. Yeah. It's just. Yeah. Like a lot of them, or. Sure. Oh, everywhere. I, I'm forbidding well, you to go. Well, stuff like that there because look, like I was going swimming. and They go, well, there's no shark nets at this beach. You're know, like, 
sharks uh, right when I put my feet in the water. There's a shark going to come up to the... <laughs> like, okay, come on. But but I guess there are... I mean, they, they never want to make any promises of what, you know, what if a shark does come up on a beach and nibble your toes? Yeah. <laughs> I'm angry. It's weird about Australians. Though. They, they sort of have that attitude, sort of like, meh. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, we're Australia. <laughs> Did you, I found that when I was there just for the week that they're sort of insecure about the placement of their country. It's like, we're over here. Hey, yeah, well, no one really needs us. Okay, yeah, the U.S. used to park their ships here occasionally. Well, they get left off maps all the time. Did you know that? Like people, or or like in Foster's, like Australian uh, Food Beer, yeah. they won't put the... the um, Tasmania. They won't put Tasmania, which is a part of Australia. Yeah. They'll they'll leave that part off. They'll just put the giant continent without the, you know, it's just all these little things that are, where people are like. Uh, so they got a little chip on their shoulder. Well, yeah, because they're as big as the United States geographically, but Huge. then they only have twenty million people. Huge. Well, and they shrink it on the map. And they yeah, yeah and they make it smaller than what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, if they didn't, Jim, the map would have to be huge. Well, that's an interesting point. I'm glad you... <laughs> funnel spiders. Where do they live? Funnel spider in funnels. But wait, they, they got to check your funnels. shoes. You said you got to check, check your, your shoes. Shoes. Check yeah. your shoes. They live in there. How big are they? Do you know how big they are? They're like this. Can everybody oh, see? Oh God, this? be careful, will you, Maria? Oh well. well I'll see you best. when you come back. Yeah. If everything goes well. Yeah, I'll oh. be in Darwin, Alice Springs. <laughs> All right. There. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Sorry. I keep going on. Thank you. Okay. Well, it's been a great week here on the Mark Marin Show. Thanks for joining us. I'd like to thank all our guests. I'd like to thank Brendan McDonald for producing the show. My right-hand man or left-hand man, however you want to call it, Jimmy Earl. Next week, we're going to have Mark Cooper talk some politics. David Poland's going to talk some movies. We're going to have our regular Jack Bulware to uh, give us a dispatch from somewhere in the world. And, man, I am looking forward to the weekend. Have a good weekend, sheeple. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? Old Mark, old Maria, old Eddie. Or I should say young Mark, younger Maria, younger Eddie, and uh, timeless Jim Earl. Uh, again, next week on WTF Uncovered, uh, it is an actual WTF interview that never aired uh, due to circumstances that I will explain to you next week. Okay? All right. Well, have a good weekend. I'll see you in Chicago tomorrow night.